Uh, let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening where we continue our reflections into the richness of the Christian and Catholic faith. And uh, as it is Thursday evening, the richness of the gospel text, huh? this fifth Sunday of Lent, huh? this fifth Sunday of Lent. And how are we doing this Lent? <laughs> have we allowed ourselves to really sink into our disciplines? what we have given up, and what we are giving away? Have you been willing to give away that one thing, that one thing that you hold most dear, your time, your time? You've heard me speak before, my friends, on the topic of vanity, a word that we uh, often associate with an indulgence, uh, an overindulgence on our appearances, but in the Latin, it is a word that literally translates as nothingness or emptiness, specific to time. Essentially, to talk about vanity is to talk about what is a waste of time. So we are made during this season of Lent to see how we counter vanity, how we are called to better use our time. And in the end, the one question really is, this Lent, have you entered into the Christian dynamic of love, putting others before you? I ask these questions and offer up this opening reflection. Because it is easy for us, even during Lent, to get caught up in the routine of doing something without really reflecting into why we are doing it. Huh? It really puts before us another great question. Why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? What motivates you to do what you do? Is it about yourself or is it about other? I mean, this is a question we need to be asking each and every day. Important questions. Important questions to be asking. And I've got yet one more. You know, we gather together each week to reflect into the gospel. And do we allow the gospel we hear each and every week to invade our souls through and through? I mean, do we really contemplate the message of the gospel and say to ourselves, today, today, I am going to integrate the essence of what this gospel message is all about into my daily doings, into my daily encounters. This is the great Christian and Catholic vocation that is before us each and every day. So from the outset, we have, uh, we have lots of um, questions to answer, and I throw those out to you because we do need to start asking some of these questions if we already are not asking some of these questions, huh? Okay, so this fifth Sunday of Lent, we have the beautiful gift of reading a gospel that should really challenge us to the core. And by the end of our time together, you will know what I mean by that. Because it is that famous passage that has Christ forgiving the woman caught in adultery. And as I often like to point out, this is a scene that provides for us the first scene where we see Christ forgiving. Huh? Translate 
sexual sin is the first sin that Christ forgives. I believe that to be more than just a little interesting. So, let us turn to our Bibles to John chapter 8, verses 1 to 11. And for those of you out there who are asking the question, why aren't we in the Gospel of Luke? Remember, when we are in these special seasons of Lent and Advent, as we typically are going through the synoptic Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, from time to time we do go back to the Gospel of John. All right, so John chapter 8, verses 1 to 11. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response they went away one by one beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, some scripture scholars have felt that the early church, which took a severe attitude toward adultery, was embarrassed by the degree of our Lord's mercy here, and found it, at least for some, a bit too much to believe, that Jesus was too soft on sin. Well, <laughs> an attentive reading of the story, my friends, from John 8, shows that Jesus is not at all soft on sin. Rather, his compassion and pardon toward the sinner led him to challenge her with what? Go, sin no more. Our Lord's stance before this woman remains a permanent call and challenge to all of his disciples and to the church throughout the ages. Another intriguing aspect to this story is that the story of the woman caught in adultery presents the only occasion in the entire Gospels where Jesus is shown riding on the ground. Now, what could he have been writing? Not once, but twice, right? <laughs> well, we are left only to wonder. But the fact that he would write into the ground suggests, at the very least, we are made to see that we are a people who are to be humble. Why do I say that? Well, the word humble comes from the Latin humus or humilis, which translates of the earth or into the ground. Huh? So he was writing into the ground at the occasion of this episode, right, where he's forgiving the sinner. So again, at the very least, I think we are made to reflect upon humility um, in this scene. Now, one tendency which often takes our Lord's mercy out of context would be to stifle such merciful gestures, claiming that Jesus is in fact too easy with sinners. Another tendency 
would be to completely deny the existence of sin. And be rest assured, my friends, if you don't fall into any one of those camps, they are certainly out there. This denial of the necessity of conversion and ultimately the need for God's forgiveness. Okay, neither tendency, of course, is correct. To deny our proneness to sin and our openness to God's grace and forgiveness is to deny the very message of Jesus Christ, is it not? What did John say in his first epistle? Here we just read from the Gospel of John. Well, that same John, right, wrote three epistles, and in his opening epistle, and in one of his opening verses, verse 8, he said this, If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Wow, that's some strong language. What is sin? In just its simplest definition, what is sin? Well, disobedience. Disobedience. Breaking our Father's heart. When you translate the word sin in the Greek, the Greek is hamartsia. It literally translates to miss the mark. The Greek hamartsia is tied to the Old Testament term yada, which was an archery term that literally meant bullseye. Yada, bullseye. Well, what's going on there? What is yada about? What is bullseye about? Well, the law of God. What is the yada? Right, the law of God. If you are living in the law of God, if you are living in the heart of God, you are striking bullseye. If you're living outside the law of God, if you are not living in the heart of God, if you are sinning, you are what? Missing the mark. Right? So if we want to live in the heart of God, we must seek bullseye, the center, right? The center, the heart. Okay, very good. Now, as we near Holy Week and the final struggle of the Lord Jesus, we see that he is becoming more and more embroiled in, in a contest with the local authorities, huh? And as such, he is becoming a growing threat to their authority. Next Sunday, we will see to where the conundrum leads, of course, to Calvary and the cross. Today's gospel demonstrates in a particular and dramatic way the quality and extent of divine forgiveness. The sin may be terrible, but sinners are always loved. Certainly a touchstone of today's gospel. Remember that there is never anything so tragic that is actually going to have God loving us less. We just need to overcome our shame and allow God as the divine physician to perform what? Surgery on our souls. Surgery on our souls. In regards to the gospel text itself, what do we have? Well, again, the woman caught in adultery is brought before Jesus by the scribes and Pharisees in order to force him to give judgment on the basis of the Mosaic law. And our Lord's first reply is not to the woman, but to the woman's accusers. Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw that stone. <laughs> so from the outset, Jesus gives us an insight into his realistic understanding of the human condition, beginning with that of his questioners who begin to drift away one by one. And oh, by the way, about this drifting, in an all too often overlooked point, should we not recognize that the sinners recognize they are sinners? 
Huh? I mean, we are so quick to point the finger towards the accusers. And yet, should we not consider that they recognized that they were with sin? Have we not recognized that we are with sin? Have we said on more than one occasion, I'm not at fault here. She or he is at fault. This isn't about me. This is about her and what she isn't doing. Or this isn't about me. This is about him, what he is or is not doing. They drifted away one by one. Isn't that fascinating? I think that's something to consider and and to ponder, to weigh. huh? I think we might gain an insight. And hopefully that insight would have us thinking about the need to examine our own conscience when we're pointing the finger. We also observe Jesus' profound humanity in his treatment of the unfortunate woman, of whose sins he certainly disapproved. For he said to her, what? Go and sin no more. Jesus did not crush her under the weight of a condemnation without appeal. The encounter how many times have we talked about that word in, in the context of evangelization? The encounter was so powerful because love itself is so powerful that it leads to transformation. It leads to repentance and renewal. Remember what the word repentance means. It's a word that comes from the Greek metanoia, which literally translates a change of direction, a new way. When our Lord said, sin no more, the woman caught in adultery went off in a new direction, huh? in a new direction. To recognize and bring out uh, the sin in others means also recognizing oneself as a what? Sinner and in need of God's boundless mercy. To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ without first acknowledging the necessity of profound personal conversion and the free gift of God's infinite mercy is to deny the central Christian message of conversion. And could we not say in so many ways, this is the logic of mercy, which is the logic of the gospel and what we ought to be reflecting into during this extraordinary jubilee year of mercy. Ah, mercy. For those of you who only tune in Thursday evenings, we just started a, a new special topic on the topic of mercy. Uh, we will be in that topic for several months, reflecting into the importance of mercy because, of course, this great Jubilee year we are in. I encourage you to tune in on Wednesday evenings, or if you go to my podcast, just go into the archives um, for special topics. You'll, you'll find those reflections on mercy. Uh, I'm not going to rehash all of it right now, but I just want to send you in that direction. All right, so Returning to the gospel text, when they had all left, Jesus remained alone with the woman. And could we not say a poignant and provocative scene in the truest expression of what that word means, provocative? And it's described beautifully by Augustine when he says this, and two were left, the wretched one and mercy. There it is, my friends. There it is. And two were left, the wretched one and mercy. Brothers and sisters, we stand in the place of the woman caught in sin. And we are in need of God's mercy, his limitless love, his love that is literally inexhaustible, 
That means it is infinite, inexhaustible love. The one who had bent down to write in the dust raised his eyes and met those of the woman. He did not ask for explanations. Is it not ironic when he asked the woman, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Our Lord's reply was overwhelming. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. St. Augustine has a beautiful insight here. He says this, The Lord did also condemn, but condemned sins, not man. For if he were a patron of sin, he would have said what? Neither will I condemn you. Go, live as you will. Be secure in my deliverance. However much you sin, I will deliver you from all punishment. He said not this. Did you hear what St. Augustine just said? An insight that I think we all need to hear from time to time. Yes, the Lord did condemn. He condemned sin. And he also said, sin no more. And because he condemned sin, he would never say, (laughs) go and sin as much as you want because I will always deliver you from punishment. No, there is an appeal here. And that appeal is the Christian moral objective standard. You know, my friends, we must realize that our real enemy is attachment to sin, which can lead us to failure in our lives. Jesus sent the adulterous woman away with this recommendation. Go and sin no more. He forgives her so that from now on she will sin no more. Only divine forgiveness, only divine love, received with an open heart, a sincere heart, gives us the strength to resist evil and to, what? Sin no more. To let ourselves be struck by God's love so that it becomes our strength. Our Lord's attitude becomes a model to follow for every community, which is called to place love and forgiveness at the center of its life. Be rest assured, my friends, forgiveness is at the heart of every Christian community. There is so much misery in our world and in our church, and both the world and the church desperately need the experience of God's mercy. But this mercy is not a watering down of the gospel message. Rather, it is God's tough love for us a love worth struggling for each and every day. Each and every day. Huh? We must remember, forgiveness is not based in emotion. It is an act of the will. If we want to be imitators of Jesus, we must first learn the language of forgiveness. Not an emotion, but an act of the will. And the very sharing in the love of God and the very sharing in the power of God. We are made to say with Christ, I forgive you. You know not what you do. I forgive you. You know not what you do. Such love, such grace. As I've shared in the past, you know, the question has been posed If it is God's blood that saves us from sin, could just a drop of his blood saved us from our sin? Why not Jesus, when he was seven or eight years old, when he pricked his finger and blood dropped to the ground, why did not that blood save us? Fair question. 
Well, the answer is found in how we think about love, especially within the context of absolute and unconditional, total. Because if we have five and a half to six quarts of human blood, then Jesus Christ, fully divine, yes, but also fully human, had five and a half to six quarts of human blood to give. He didn't hold anything back, right? He held nothing back. And is this not our greatest challenge? Again, challenge coming from the Latin provocatio, to call forth, to call out. In our opening reflection, what did we talk about? Are we putting others before us? Is it about me, myself, and I? In all of our doings and all of our encounters? Or is it about other? Or is it about how we can give glory to God? We have to enter into Christ's language of love, which is at its center again about sacrifice, about the willingness, the willingness to serve other. We reinforce this here now because during this season of Lent, especially during this extraordinary Jubilee year of mercy, we have been given an opportunity to not only strengthen our personal relationship with Jesus Christ and the grace um, that awaits us, but also to go forth and proclaim the greatness of this grace in word and deed, in what we do and what we say. So we have much here to think about, so much here to think about. The woman caught in adultery. We should be mindful this fifth Sunday of Lent to be thinking about the need to pray for those who are stuck in the plight of pornography. We have gone to great lengths here on Seeds of Truth to speak to this grave, grave evil pornography, this human trafficking, which is an industry that trumps all other industries. We're talking about a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. It ravages souls. We should be thinking about the need to pray, to intercede for those who are stuck in this plight of pornography and to see what we can do to stop this scourge. You know, there are groups stepping forward and drawing attention to the gravity of pornography and what it is doing to our society. Let us contribute to this discussion by first praying and interceding, uh, sacrificing, and asking the question, Lord, is there something specific that you're asking me to do? I mean, we talk about all of the things we need to do on a personal level, because that is, again, so foundational. But we have to ask God, is there something else you want me to do? And don't overdo it. Don't overdo it. I mean, there are so many good things out there, right? But we always have to ask that first question. Is this good before me? God, a willed good. Do you want me to do this? Oh, <laughs> Satan would have us wanting to give attention to 10 goods at once, because once we do that, we're not doing any good for any of them. But are we going to God? Lord, is there more you want me to do? And I'll tell you this. I talked about vanity earlier. If we are wasting too much time with something, I might suggest that God 
wants you to be doing something else? And that question then is paramount. That question of, Lord, is there something else you want me to do? Because rest assured, there's work to be done in the vineyard. There's work to be done in the field. So pray for that grace to be open to what God has before you. And let this season of Lent be a means to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ that you might be more disposed to hear what our Lord is calling you to. And maybe you already are involved in one or two things and you're doing well. I would encourage you to stick with those one or two things. And maybe they're not tied to pornography or, or to other aspects of the culture of death. I just want to make sure that you are asking God, <laughs> am I doing what you're calling me to do? And because at the very least, we don't want to be wasting time because time itself has been given to us as a gift. And so we look in the mirror, we allow God's mercy to invade our souls, and in turn be more disposed to how we are called to be present to others, which always leads to uh, reconciliation, which, which always leads to unity, and then say, hey, okay, God, what are you calling me to do? We can never ask that question enough. Okay, so with that, let us close with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.